It's rock and roll. And cue music. Welcome to the show. We're going to party like it's episode 99. Hell yeah. How you been? Well, I had the Rona. So the next time we like, do kiss, it might be enough time to where I can do some Paul Stanley. But otherwise, I'm like, Paul Stanley. Oh, See, yeah. like, I lost my voice. Your voice is still yeah. roached out. That sucks. Well, I was really hoping for some high-pitched Prince falsetto oh, man, stuff yeah. today, you know? I could rap like that lady on Alphabet Street, maybe. There you go. <laughs> Spoiler alert. Spoiler alert. So we're doing uh, Era 2 of yeah. Preance. Preance. So we left off with the first era at Purple Rain. We did everything through from the beginning, from the dawn of Prince through Purple right. Rain. And so now we're picking up post-Purple Rain. Obviously the first album being Around the World in a Day. Going through Come. And uh, also, it's kind of weird because Come was like, I guess, the last official album. But then there was also the Black Album. And I can't really remember which one was technically released first. But the Black Album was supposed to be released like right after Sign of the Times. Like it was originally supposed to be a follow-up in 87. And then it got shelved until, what, 93? Something didn't. Yeah. Did it still... Like, not get officially released? Well, it did, but maybe it was only through... It was either... Re- it was limited either way. Okay. Because it was like it was officially released. Maybe it was only through the uh, the official fan club thing, the MPG Music Club or whatever the hell they called it. Hmm. I can't remember. I don't really know. I mean, I was pretty young even then, so I, it's not like I got it originally. I picked it up way later. And I know when I picked it up off of eBay... It was out of print at the time. So, hmm. yeah. So to answer your question, I don't know the exact yeah. answer, but I feel like it was I feel like it was officially released, but then it was out of print as soon as it was. I, it was a weird thing. Like, I don't really remember the story of why that was shelved, but, you know. And it's got some cool shit on it. Didn't but. he shelve it? Because, like, I don't know, there's something where he had, like, an epiphany or something, and he's like, I need to do something else. Yeah, well, I mean, that sounds like him, so I don't know. Probably. I mean, I know I've heard the story. I've read books and shit on all his craziness. So, and he was very much like that. I mean, he just would sit there and invest all this time and effort and energy into recording something or even videos and all kinds of crazy shit. And then just all of a sudden it's like, nope, you're not getting it. Well, speaking of that, you probably know this, or a Denny, or anybody listening who has listened longer than me. But uh, right after we started talking about Prince, and we like recorded one, it was earlier in the summer. I was working the Tailgate and Tallboys Music Festival, and that weekend, I was driving one guy to a hotel and back, or something, because he left something or whatever. So we had to go back to the hotel and grab his little case thing, or something. And I was. I think we were talking about music, and I said I've been diving into Prince, and he said that, yeah, Prince was, like, not crazy, but he was, like, 
like I don't know what word to use, very particular or something. And the guy said Prince would have all these instruments like in his studio, like tuned up. So if he needed to go grab something, he'd just have this one ready. Or, like all these instruments were like ready to go. Like whoever yeah. was working in his studio. Yeah, sounds right. I mean, yeah, you get an idea, and he's just gonna go lay it down. Yeah, but he wanted like that guitar ready so he could just pick right. it up and not fuck with tuning it. The man could not have any uh, boundaries to his creativity. He could yeah. not have some roadblock like a fucking guitar needing tuned. Yeah, don't that, stifle me. Yeah, that takes like 20 whole seconds. Yeah. <laughs> Ain't got time for that. Yeah. Motherfucker's <laughs> got to lay down the tracks. Yeah. Have my shit tuned. Yeah, I mean, he was eccentric, yeah. you know. Yeah, and this eccentric. time period, this was like an era that I was like kind of, you know, I was excited to do this era because... There was so much. There were so many albums in that, like, 10-year period. Yeah, there's, like, I think nine albums I wrote down. Yeah, yeah, but then, like, he also did a lot of the other stuff for other artists. There was a lot of him writing, you know, for, uh, yeah, other artists and whatnot, you know. Mm-hmm. I'm trying to think of all the years that everything came out, so maybe I'm going to flub some shit here. But, I mean, there's, like, Manic Monday for the Bangles and, oh, yeah. you know. Um, there was the Maserati song, 100 Miles Per Hour, which maybe I'll call that my uh, honorable mention because at one point I was like, man, because I really love like when he put out that Originals thing, or he didn't put it out because he was fucking dead when it came out, but <laughs> but his, his estate released that Originals that was like all the, his versions of all those songs yeah. that he wrote for other artists, all the stuff from the time. Um you know, the Bengals, Sinead O'Connor, uh, Jesus, Sheila E. You know, there was a whole shitload of them. So I'll stop naming them all. But I always thought the Maserati one was really cool because I never really, I didn't remember them. You know what I mean? I remember hearing the name way later after the fact because I'm younger and wasn't like in my musical prime when that came out because I was like five. <laughs> but when they put that, when they put that originals thing out, I really liked that version of that song. I was like, man, I really dig having this because I wasn't super familiar with it anyhow. And then it was just, you know, I liked having those versions of those songs all the way around. But for some reason, that one stuck out to me. That one and the glamorous life, you know, that was another one. I mean, Oh yeah. The Sheila E one that technically came out like 1984. Hmm. So I thought, well, I don't remember where the fuck that was in correlation with Purple Rain. I think it was right after it. But I disqualified it from making my list. But, I mean, I love his version of that song, you know, and which was essentially the same fucking thing, just not with Sheila E's voice on it. I mean, <laughs> but I don't know. I You know, I thought her voice on all that stuff was kind of stale anyhow. So I don't know. I think she's a great drummer, but I, you know, her vocals on all that stuff isn't anything special, you know. So, hmm. my opinion, <laughs> tough shit if you disagree with me. But no, I mean, I doubt there's anybody out there that's like, fuck that. Sheila E's fucking goddamn. She's like the Black Adele from the 80s. Like, nobody's <laughs> saying that. So, uh, oh man. Yeah. So, sorry, Sheila. You're a great drummer. I love you for that, but. So I don't know. Uh, I guess we don't really need to do like the backstory thing because we kind of already did that when we did the first episode. And yeah, my backstory is I guess around this era though. Like uh, my intro to Prince, I guess who 
I guess I didn't really know it was Prince, but was the Batman soundtrack. Another spoiler alert. I'm not going to have any songs from that. I thought I actually would. You know, there's some I really like. There, There's a few of them that are fun and, like, I kind of dig them, but nothing that, like, they just didn't hold up to a lot of the other material coming out of this era. Yeah, there's so much good stuff that it's like, yeah, man, sure, maybe, it, like... There's a lot, and I really wanted to make my list broad in the sense of having, like, something from every album kind of thing. But that was too hard to do because it was like I could either do that or I could just have like almost all of Sign of the Times as my top 10 list. Like, hmm. because that's probably my favorite. That's honestly probably my favorite Prince album. Oh, damn. All in all. I mean, I love Purple Rain and, you know, and I love 1999 and Dirty Mind. I fucking love front to back. But. I don't know. Sign of the Times, it was like he kind of... I mean, first of all, he pulled off the double album. Not that many people can do that. And it was... uh, you know, Which, I mean, technically he did with 1999, I guess, originally. But, you know, 1999 wasn't, like, so long to where it came out as... When it was on CD, it wasn't a double album, you know what I mean? Oh, gotcha. But... Um... Yeah, so Sign of the Times was just a long album. There's a lot of songs on there, you know. But, hmm. um, I don't know where the fuck I was going with this. <laughs> I'm being honest. I just kind of blanked out. It's been a long day at work, man. I, oh, you were saying you could have either just had all out. Of Sign of the Times or you could have. Uh, yeah, I mean, yeah. there's a lot of songs on Sign of the Times. I guess I was explaining the reason I think Sign of the Times is such a great album. I mean, he pulled off the, you know, this long two- disc double album and there's not really I'm trying to think but there's not really a dud on that record i mean some people might think there are and there might be ones i yeah. like better than others hmm. but you can put it on front to back it's pretty fucking solid so i feel like you're just looking at me trying hmm. to figure out my list but, yeah but i didn't <laughs> i didn't make it you know i didn't hmm. pick nine songs from sign of the times and you know yeah. one from diamonds and pearls or something but i yeah. Um, Anyhow, I'll stop talking. Well, then I was thinking too, like what other double albums? Yeah, are. I mean, he's really had. Strong. Yeah, yeah. As far as really strong ones, um, I guess "Use Your Illusion" one and two might be a. Uh, they might were really well separate. Album. They were really separately. Yeah. They bitched out. Fuck them. Doesn't count. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I'm drawing a blank on what a good solid double album is because. Even the Beatles with the White Album, I mean, that has so many turds on it. There's just shit that does, does not need to be on there, you know. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I know we're both like glancing over at the CDs. Like one of my uh, <laughs> first like rock albums that I really fell in love with um, was Melancholy and the Infinite <clears throat> Sadness, which is a double CD. Yeah, and I think that still kind of holds up. But there are a couple where it's kind of like, eh, I feel like they were kind of filling it out yeah. a little bit. Like dead set on doing a double album just to say you did, and yeah. But then some of them though, there's some B sides from that because they had a whole other huge B sides thing. Um, the aeroplane flies high. Yeah. Where each like sing there was like five singles from the album, and each one has like a whole bunch of whole bunch of B sides. Well, that could al- some of those could have almost replaced some stuff on the album. I'm not yeah. going to go down to Smashing Pumpkins, right? Yeah, that might far. be a whole separate. We probably shouldn't have got dove too deep into yeah. the 
double album thing. And then, of course... Or just do a double album episode, maybe, or something. On the next era of Prince episode, we'll be talking about Emancipation, the oh, triple, triple album. yeah. You know, but that probably doesn't need to happen. Hmm. That was a bit bloated of a record, but... Hmm. Well, I might have we'll a, find a, out. a song or two from that. Well, there's good stuff on it, but yeah, there's some stuff that just doesn't... Yeah, it just didn't need to yeah. be there. It was excessive. Yeah. But, um... Well, do you want to start it off? Yeah, I feel like maybe I've twisted your arm into starting off the last couple. I don't know. I know we always, you know, we we might land on something that we have in common. Yeah. And I don't know. There's a lot here. <clears throat> There's a lot, I know. So my number 10, mm-hmm. and this is kind of the, to me, it's kind of the oddball one. And it made the list, I would say, almost last minute, like within the last couple hmm. days. Because, you know, I'm sitting here. I You make your first initial list. I mean, this is kind of how I do it. Usually the first five are just bam, 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 bam. Yeah. I don't even know how many bams that was. I think it was five. But <laughs> um, it usually comes pretty quick. I always have ones that come to mind right away and think, yeah, that's going to be on there. And then you start going through and listening. And usually for me, like those top few don't ever change. But I actually had one that was in my top five maybe top four that just, I took it off the list because by the time I was going back listening to stuff, I was like, man, I don't think I really love that song as much as I used to, you know, like I think 10, 15 years ago, I would have kept it on my list, but now it's like, ah, shit, man, I really love this song and you know, whatever. But so one song that really stuck out to me going back through everything this time that I kept going back to and I kept cranking it and it was from the album Come, which is like, honestly, not a very solid record. I mean, to me, it's never been one of my favorites. Yeah. There's stuff that is cool on it, but it's just really hit and miss, and I don't know. I mean, well, and it's no secret, too, that like this was when he was trying to get out of his uh, contract with Warner Brothers, and so he changed his name to the symbol, you know, right after this to get out of that. and Or technically, I think he made the name change before he put come out and come was basically the, the last full, it was the fulfillment record. Like he owed them one more record and he was kind of like, here's a record full of filler. Fuck you. You know? (laughs) And so anyhow, but the song loose, that's like right smack in the middle of that album really is fucking killer. Hmm. And it's always been like the standout track to me, but I never really go back and revisit that record much. And I, once I did though, during this whole process of making my top 10, it became the song that I kept going back to and listening to more and more and more like, fuck, I forgot how good this was. And it's got, you know, it's just like his, it's like his techno song. Like he was doing like, you know, it was early nineties when that industrial sound was, yeah. kind of just coming big and whatever. And, like, I don't listen to a lot of that stuff, so the only thing I'm going to be able to really compare it to is, like, Ministry or something or, you know, elements of Nine Inch Nails and stuff in there. But, I mean, obviously it's popular than that and shit, but um, I don't know. It's a bit angsty for him, too. Like, he's almost just kind of shouting his lyrics and, you know, not really singing. And, <laughs> and then it's just kind of, I don't know. I, I like how erratic it is. It's just, like, if I'm really in the mood... 
like while I was making this list, I found myself not in the mood for ballads, even though he has ballads I really love. But huh. I just kind of was like, I don't know, man. I think from this era when I want to listen to Prince, like I want to listen to some of this crazier shit that he did, you know. And and I just love the way it starts, where he's just like one, two, three, four, you know. And then uh, then he just like calls in a fucking guitar solo a couple times and comes in with his fucking guitar solo and. I mean, I don't know. It's weird because it doesn't even have, like, a hook that necessarily stands out. But it's like the whole song just keeps going and going and going and kind of pumps your fucking nuts up and, you know. <laughs> and then he's, you know, throwing Motherfucker in there. He's got the F-bomb in there a few times. It's like, you know, those that rare era of Prince, like, kind of cussing and trying to act hard, you know. Huh, like, I guess I need to, I need to go back to this album because I'm drawing a blank, like... I don't well, after know this if I episode, didn't sit with it that long. After this episode, we'll just crank it. I'll be like, "Listen yeah. to this shit." Yeah, I'll be like, "Brent, you were right." Yeah, you know, it's one of those albums, though. It's like, I mean, on the surface, the first listen. I mean, by the time you get to that song, you may not really give a fuck. You might not even make it to that song. I listened to it, but I was like, nothing really grabbed me, so I didn't go back to it because I had so uh, much other stuff that I was like, "Fuck." Well, it's not a front load up loaded album either like the first couple songs do kind of fucking bore you and then it's like in the middle it gets good you know for a few songs and then that's about it i mean there's <laughs> not really there's not much there than the the couple songs in the middle or whatever you know i think there's like two or three songs that are kind of cool but you know it's it's like and it's like the opposite of the black album because i feel like the black album definitely more solid but I feel like those first two songs, La Grind and that Cindy C song, where he's just blatantly singing about wanting to fuck Cindy Crawford, <laughs> you know. So, hey, you're the one hot brunette from my era that I haven't fucked. <laughs> so I'm going to write this song about how I want to fuck you. And uh, I don't know. Maybe that's why he shelved it. Maybe he realized that song was in poor taste, like he sounded desperate or something. <laughs> but... I really dig that song too. So, hmm. but anyhow, loose. All right, that is my number ten. My number ten. I don't know uh, if it can compare to that, but my number ten is one that I. It was like a last minute kind of thing, and I threw it on there because uh, I had a couple others I was floating around at number ten. But I went with uh, from Diamonds and Pearls. It's Money Don't Matter Tonight. Dude, that's a great song. I'll give you that. Um, you were talking about ballads earlier. Yeah. And how he has some good ones. I kind of like that. Yeah. You know, I think 15, 20 years ago that would have been on my list. Yeah. And I say that because, like, I was, there was, you know how that shit is. Like, there's just periods in your life where certain songs just yeah. cranking the fuck out of them or whatever. And maybe that's one that I almost wore it out or something back in the day. But I think at one point I even learned it and was, like, playing it acoustic oh, yeah. and stuff when I play out and probably not well i think maybe i just i know you did raspberry beret yeah there's a handful of things i've done but i don't know yeah either way i that is a great song so i think that's a really good pick for your number 10 i kind of thought it was like an update of some of his early material because it kind of sounded kind of yeah it's a little jazzy just yeah piano based you know that's a great fucking song. I mean, I wasn't really paying attention either. I was listening to it at first. The first time I went through that Diamonds and Pearls album, um, album I was listening at work, 
And there's some lyric, I wrote it down, that popped into my head. And I'm like, well, what song is this? And it said something like, so what if we're controlling all the oil? Is it, is it worth a child dying for? And I'm like, isn't that the shit that's going on right now with all the gas prices and the oil prices being up? I was like, sounds like the song's like relevant to now. Yeah. And then he was just like the chorus, like, money don't matter tonight. Just when you think you got enough, then it flies away. I'm like, yeah, fuck, dude. Money don't matter. It's fucking love that matters. Yeah, sing it, Andy. Yeah. No, oh, that's a cool song. I always really dug that song, too. Yeah. I had a feeling, like, and I'm not saying that I have no idea what your list is, but for some reason, like, I really thought my prediction was going to be that you lean towards that record pretty heavy. Yeah, mate. Well, here. <laughs> I mean, don't give anything I'll away, just, but. I will. I'll just say you said Sign of the Times would be your favorite of this era. I think Diamonds and Pearls would be my yeah. favorite album of this era. Well, I think that product, the production value Maybe it's more during those yeah. or something. Well, yeah, he, that was like his next, like when Diamonds and Pearls came out, like that was like the second reign of Prince. Like those songs were everywhere. Like that's the title track was all over fucking MTV and VH1. Cream was a huge fucking hit, you know. So huh. see, I didn't, I didn't know that. I assumed they'd be hits, but I didn't. Yeah, I mean, no. I was like seven. I think that when album this came was out. pretty. Fucking big, man. I mean, I don't know. And maybe it just to me, that's my recollection of it because mm-hmm. I was, you know, whatever, 11 years old. What year did this come out? 91? 91, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so I, I like, would have been still watching Saturday morning. So cartoons. I was like 10, but I mean, it was still, it was, it came out at the point where I started paying attention, like watching MTV and VH1. Yeah. So, you know, maybe to me, like, because all the stuff from Purple Rain was still being played then. And honestly, like, I don't remember seeing any videos from the later records, you know. Kiss, maybe every once in a while, and, you know, but I don't even remember seeing any videos from Sign of the Times as a oh, kid. Really? You know. So, and I mean, when I listen to Maybe that they were too now, racy for TV or something. No, nah, because I've seen them later. I don't think anything from hmm. Sign of the Times was too racy, but I don't know. I don't know, yeah. but I suppose I should look and see what my number nine is. Yeah, do oh, it. Well, my number nine, probably, I'd say it's probably my most commercial pick out of all of these, and that's Raspberry Beret. Oh, cool, cool. Which you pointed out that I've covered that a bunch of times and stuff. And that's a song that, you know, when I was younger, I wasn't a huge fan of it. And with time, it just grew on me, and it's just like, man, the fucking melodies are just really like it. It comes in and it kicks yeah. in, and you're just instantly like bobbing your head. And then the fucking melodies during the the verses are fucking great and memorable. Obviously, the hook, the chorus is fucking memorable, and you're singing along with it. And I mean, the verses, the I just think it's well writ, like it's a well constructed use of words (laughs) like i don't know how else to say it really like but it's just it flows so well and the lyrics are they're great but they're not anything that fucking prolific or anything i mean they're pretty tongue-in-cheek for him like like he wasn't trying to write some of the stuff he later wrote or some of the stuff where he's trying to be maybe more artsy, more poetic or whatever, but yet they're 
the way they're put together is really fucking poetic and uh, you know it's like a straightforward kind of way but yet there's some really clever uh some of the runs in there are just fucking really clever you know um i'm trying to think of one in particular but then again i'd have to sing it (laughs) and sound like an idiot but there's just a few little runs in there where the the vocals and the lyrics and the melody work together so brilliantly like the way he arranged it is just fucking it's really fucking genius i mean it's why prince is fucking prince you know nobody fucks with him you don't fuck with prince yeah um that's one that i thought of like right away because it was like i know you played it and then so i was like okay this era like i know the batman stuff I know Raspberry Beret. Um, I know a few songs, but then all the stuff that I thought, you know, that I was familiar with at first, none of that actually made my list. So that's what I think is kind of cool. Like, I just gravitated to all this cool stuff or whatever new stuff to me that I'm like, oh, my God, this is awesome. So there's, like, I guess I'm just saying there's a wealth of stuff that, like, I I didn't know about. Yeah, there's definitely a lot there, man. There was a lot to be educated in the preance. Yeah. Well, hey, let's talk about your number nine. My number nine? uh, Well, um, I feel like looking at my list, all of it is like hits or uh, stuff that was singles, and we've even had a word for that, basic bastard. Basic bastard stuff. If you, you, like I thought of this the other day, like, because maybe there's new listeners, we kind of came up with this on the fly like a couple of years ago, but now we're like three years into this podcast. It was right at the start of it, yeah. So, yeah. So so I guess Basic Bastard was just something instead of like Basic Bitch. It's like yeah. the dude version. Yeah. I think I so. said something about it being a Basic Bitch pick or something, and you said... Yeah, I was like, maybe basic I'm Basic Bastard. bastard yeah. And I was like, Ugh, trying to sound metal, but... Yeah, so, so to get people up to speed, if they Yeah, in case know. you just came in, like... Yeah, dude. Way later, and you're like, what the fuck are these guys talking about? Yeah. So my number nine is uh, from the B-sides. Like, I was trying to look up if this was an album track or if it was, like, a B-side. It was on the thing that's the hits and the B-sides. Right. And it's Peach. Oh, yeah. I think that was recorded just for the hits thing. Yeah, like, it looked like it was kind of... It said it was unreleased or something. Or yeah, I think it was just something that. that was tracked, and then yeah. he put it out when he put out like as an right. extra track. It's probably the most like straightforward like rock and roll song. Yeah. Um, that he's done, and then I looked up uh, too that Rod Stewart covered it and had Slash on guitar. Oh really? Yeah, and it was kind of a cool cover too. Yeah, I'd have to look that up. I yeah. haven't heard that. You know that's Kim Basinger doing the moan, right? Oh really? Yeah, I don't know what. I I read the story. I don't know if he was banging her in the studio. No, oh, damn. Like just her, left a mic on. Licking her snatch, something like that. I don't remember what it was, <laughs> but something was going on. But that moan is Kim Basinger when they were kind of they had a fling for a while there. It was during the Batman. Yeah, it was during the Batman thing. So, yeah, I think Prince about fucked everyone that was, you know, that looked like that. (laughs) So, although he was usually a guy that went for the dark-haired ladies, you know, like, um, well, like uh, what's her name that joined the band? Well, was the dancer in the band later, Mady Garcia or Mighty? How do you say her name? I don't know how you pronounce it. 
Maite. Maite. Yeah, she was maybe. pretty young, too. Yeah. And then, like, the chick, uh, what, Wendy's sister? Before that, whatever. I'm not going to sit here and spend the episode talking about how many chicks that were hot that Prince yeah. banged. But my point is, like, most of, uh, I think Kim Basinger's the only More one I can think looking, of that was just, right? like, a blonde. She was just a... Just a plain old blonde, although Kim Basinger was fucking hot back in the day. I mean, she really was fucking smoking, but yeah. So uh, that's the only bit of information I got. I wonder who's banged more, Gene Simmons or well, Prince? Well, Gene Simmons, uh-huh. I think. Hmm. I don't know if Prince was quite as like promiscuous in the sense oh, of really? like just fucking anything that moves, you know? I think he would get us like just from the shit I've read, some of the biographies. He's got stuff, a higher standard. He gets yeah, like he gets a sight set on something and really wants it and whatever, right? But and obsesses over it till he can have it. Oh, yeah. Whereas I think Gene's just out there sticking it in any hole that's walking by. So you know, I mean, that's a crude version <laughs> way of saying it, I guess. But let's face it, it's fucking Gene, so yeah. it's the truth, you know. He'd probably tell you the same thing, but. Um, I mean, the man, like, took a fucking Polaroid and kept a box of Polaroids of every chick he fucked for how long? I mean, (laughs) the dude's a fucking scumbag, but I'm not going to try to keep a PG when we're talking about Gene Simmons and his love life. Or Prince, too. Well, yeah, so this era of Prince was definitely when he was trying to kind of be... Well, he always was dirty. Like, I mean, obviously, like, a lot of the early stuff, like fuck like head i mean jesus christ he comes up with a song called head and it's exactly what the fuck it sounds like it would be about but yeah he kind of got almost more vulgar about it during this era and kind of cussing more and stuff and whatnot you know in certain spots i'm trying to think i mean i guess maybe even more so just a little after this or he wasn't as subtle too with some yeah Oh, yeah, sex stuff. But so, good, uh, so so, what's your next pick? Well, it's a good segue into my number eight because my number eight, even though the song is almost kind of silly, but like I've always loved the song, I've always thought it's super catchy, fucking and funny. I always laugh laugh at the lyrics, but from Diamonds and Pearls, get off. Oh, okay. I mean, that song, I just always laugh, dude, and I still always reference like the you know. Uh, Isn't that the rap one on there where he's got the guy rapping on it, too? Uh, I mean, it's kind of a rap yeah. song. There's a lot of stuff on there, with, but there's the whole verse about the ribs. Like, Victoria, I don't serve ribs. <laughs> you better be happy that dress is still on. I heard the rip when you sat down. And then there's, like, that super high-pitched scream, you know? Which I think is just, like, that makes the song, that big fucking scream, you know? <laughs> right at the beginning, like, it just starts off with that scream and comes in with that fat beat and and it's just the lyrics are so fucking ridiculous you know and then the chorus get off you know 23 positions in a one night stand it's like what but it's like ridiculous but i honestly like it was the single off the record that i thought should have been the bigger single like and i still do i think it's like the most fun song on the whole thing and just I don't know. Maybe it was too ridiculous for most people, and they just thought it was stupid. But I thought it was fucking great. I still think it's great. <laughs> and that record's so—it's produced so well. 
that that real fucking low bass in there just, I mean, you just want to crank your fucking stereo and blow your speakers out on it, you know? So it's kind of the combination of it having ridiculously fun lyrics and sounding really fucking huge and great. Has he ever remastered or did he remaster like that album? Because I know some of them got reissued. I don't think there's any reissues of that. I don't. When they did the re. When they did all these vinyl reissues, I don't even think they they didn't touch that one. I mean, I know I don't have yeah. it on vinyl. But Seemed like it was what some of the '80s ones instead. Like I Sign think of the times and I think they've remastered everything up through through Love Sexy. I feel like they did remaster that one and reissue that on vinyl. Hmm. Maybe I could be wrong. I mean, I know they did Sign of the Times. They haven't done any crazy box set for Love Sexy or anything like they did Sign of the Times, but I feel like they did reissue that one. Mm. But I'm pretty sure that uh, Diamonds and Pearls and the Love Symbol and Come, they haven't re- they haven't put any of that out on vinyl. So, mm. darn it! I'll bet if you were to look, you could probably find. A copy of Diamonds and Pearls on vinyl for like some fucking stupid price. Like there's yeah. like it was probably only issued on vinyl like in fucking Argentina or some shit, and copies go for yeah. five hundred dollars. You know, so Jeez. I don't know. I'm just <laughs> sometimes <laughs> just I my hate, guess. Sometimes I hate this stuff. I mean, like shouldn't it shouldn't be that much for music? It shouldn't be. Yeah, that's just collectors ruining everything like they yeah. do. God damn it. Motherfuckers, Andy, what's your number eight? I don't know, man. My list doesn't seem as cool as yours, but I guess my number eight is Glam Slam. Glam Slam? <laughs> I don't know how. It's just so, like, stupid. The song, like, I don't know. It's kind of dumb, and I even watched the video of this, and it's one of those yeah. performance videos where they're all just kind of, like, playing and smiling at each other. And then even the keyboardist. I wrote this down because it cracked me up. He looks like the dad. What's his name? Mr. Wheeler from uh, Stranger Things. Oh, yeah. I know who you're talking about. Yeah. Yeah, because that dad and, only yeah. has like one line like every season or something. Yeah. Like he's always like looks over his newspaper. He's, he's just like, like indifferent oh, about everything. Yeah. Yeah. But then like, I don't know. What also was kind of cool was like, watching that video, a prince. In that era, he looked like Paul Stanley a little bit because he's got kind of like the huge kind of baggy like trench coat from like Asylum or whatever. Like he's not as like, he's not as fluorescent as Paul Stanley was, but he's got a big flowing like trench coat and like long hair. And I'm like, man, I even text Denny about this. And I was even like, did Prince kind of borrow from Paul Stanley or was Paul Stanley borrowing from Prince? And he kind of said something like, well, it was Paul Stanley, Rick James, and then Prince. They all kind of uh, borrowed. Yeah, it makes sense. There was some succession of borrowing. Yeah. But um, even the song Glam Slam, I like that. Glam Slam, thank you, ma'am. You really made my day. <laughs> so <laughs> I don't know. It's just it's just so silly, but it would get stuck in my head like that. Yeah. That's a weird album anyhow. Yeah. I mean, there's stuff on it I yeah. dig, but, you know, and you got to remember, too, that, like, when that album came out on CD, like it's one continuous track. 
Oh, really? Because he had something where he didn't want people to be able to skip from one song to another. Oh, man. Because, <laughs> you know, he thought that's what CDs were ruining, that people were doing that, you know? So, like, the CDs came out, and it was just one 45-minute fucking track. Oh, damn. <laughs> so that's the beautiful thing about this digital age. It's the one thing I'll say, man. It's nice to actually go in and listen to that record and skip the shit that I don't really like, you know? Oh, yeah. <laughs> so... Oh man, that is that is kind of funny though, because I was actually thinking something like that. Anyways, not to go down another rabbit hole, but I am anyways. Uh, like I feel like we're kind of in like an older. Like I realize how old I am because I still listen to albums, whereas there's a lot of people younger than us. They just go listen to playlists or they listen to like one song from something. They don't really listen to the album, right? Like so, if I'm like, "Hey, what's your, what's your favorite album or what's your favorite whatever?" They like don't have one. They have like a favorite song. Yeah, or yeah. Something. Most people, it seems like nowadays, man. Yeah, I know. It's a weird thing. They're never gonna understand how you know some of these deeper cuts on these albums were so fucking good. They're never gonna understand that like she's the one from you know Born to Run is yeah such a fucking amazing song, you know, because they don't ever play it on the radio and Yeah, man. So it wouldn't it wouldn't make the greatest hits yeah, or it wouldn't make a radar, Spotify but, playlist or but something. That's always like a standout song to me, you know. Yeah. And I don't know. All right, man. Fucking kids these days. What's next? God damn it. <laughs> so my next one whenever my phone decides to come back up. This is why I should write it down, oh. but I make these lists on my phone and yeah, ah, fucking technology. All right, my I'm next old, one. I'm at number seven. All right. From the Parade album, otherwise known as the Under the Cherry Moon soundtrack. Girls and boys. Oh. Bum, bum. Yeah. I don't know what that was. <laughs> uh, hey, got a couple, almost a couple beers down now. I might be singing. I might be doing all kinds of crazy Prince impersonations by the end of this. But the song Girls and Boys to me has always been like the standout track from Parade. Um, I mean, obviously, Kiss was the big single. I I really like this album. I thought uh, Under the Cherry Moon is actually a pretty fun movie. It's, you know, obviously I love Purple Rain, but Under the Cherry Moon, I, it has like a certain charm to it it's a quirky kind of comedy love story thing and huh, i've never I like, watched it i like the music from it. i have it on dvd and we should just you know watch it sometime maybe uh. pop some popcorn <laughs> but uh <laughs> no but it's it actually at one point it was on all of his movies were on hbo but um yeah i so i always kind of dug that movie i didn't really see it until later on when they reissued everything on dvd I think I bought all the DVDs um, probably around, God, I don't know, 2002, 2003, like early 2000s. They reissued it, all those movies on DVD, and I bought them all. And uh, so that was the first time I saw uh, Under the Cherry Moon and Graffiti Bridge, unfortunately, which is a fucking train wreck of a movie. <laughs> and I don't really want to say anything to ruin give anything away on my list or give anything away that's not on my list but out of this era like graffiti bridge the fucking record is just not even close to my favorite hmm. like there's just not there's stuff on there i like 
but there's not really much on there that I really love, and there's nothing I feel like going back and listening to. I think it's very well produced sonically, but then I think that a lot of those songs just don't do it for me. I think he was just trying too hard on some of the tracks to be like mm-hmm. contemporary and stuff, and it didn't really work out for him. Um, so I'm kind of going on a tangent here, but Girls and Boys from Parade's always been like such a standout track to me because um, I think the horn section is fucking. I think first of all, I think the vocal melodies throughout the the verse, like it kicks in and it just instantly sounds like a hit. Like it's instantly memorable. Like you're gonna listen to the song and you know later after hearing the song, you're gonna be singing in your head. You know the melody and I think the the more you listen to it, you start picking up on just kind of the fucking funky, groovy little fucking horn section and stuff. Like the real, like it sounds like a baritone saxophone laying some real low notes and stuff in there. And um, I used to play the baritone saxophone. Little known fact about me, but I what? did. Junior high. What? Fuck it right. I did. Started off on the alto. Sixth grade, I played tenor. In the seventh and eighth grade, I played the Barry, the Barry sax. Oh, damn. Which I only wanted to do it because I was the kind of dickhead that was like, I want the biggest one. <laughs> Give me the biggest saxophone you have. Uh, I, I guess I thought it made me look manly. Fuck oh, man, I didn't know that about you. Yeah, well, there you go. A little tidbit of information. I wish saxophone. I would have stuck, stuck with it. But, yeah, so I don't know, man. I, I really dig that song. Uh, I'll admit the the whole the chick speaking French in the middle of that whole thing is like, there's some days where I'm really not in the mood for that, you know, and <laughs> maybe need the radio edit or something. Right. But, you know, otherwise, I mean, it's just, it's one that instantly within my first draft of this list, it was on it. I mean, it was one of the first ones that came to mind. So. Damn. Yep. So I think we're on to your number seven now, Andrew. Well, I'm on the same album, uh, Parade. Hmm. But I feel like uh, people listening and then like me, like you're you're the Prince fan. I'm like the Prince rookie. You can already tell that because I you're coming into this that dynamic thing. But uh, mine, um, my number seven from Parade is Mountains, dude. No, that almost made my list. Oh, really? That's another one of my favorites from that album. Yeah. There's three on there that I really, really fucking love. That one, I never quite put it on my list. Okay. But I don't really want to say it because just in case it's on your list. But I was Kiss? No. Or something else? Like no, there's another song on that I album. I do like that, Kiss. It's like that. Yeah. No, I dude, that's a fun song. It didn't make my list. Yeah, it didn't make mine either, but, but it is fun. Yeah, I, <laughs> it is a great song. I still jam to it if it comes on. I'm like, fuck, I still like this song, man. <laughs> I mean, I'm never going to be burned out on it, but... No, there's another track that's on there that didn't make my list, but I swear to Christ it was on there till the tail end. Oh, well, what was it? Because so, I don't have anything else. For you don't have anything else on it? Well, let's call it another one of my honorable mentions. Sure. But sometimes it snows in April, the last track. Oh, yeah. You know, and like I said, I guess maybe as of lately, I'm not in very much of a ballad mood. Maybe not with his stuff. I, in particular, I don't know. But I always loved that song. 
And I think it was because like the live version of it, I really, really loved. Mm-hmm. And which was kind of abbreviated when he'd play it live. And then the more, you know, I put it on my list and then I made a playlist and then I was kind of listening to everything. Like I got to narrow this down to 10. What am I doing? Is this really going to be my 10? Oh, world's greatest problems. All this other <laughs> yeah. shit going on. This is what I'm worried about. But uh, the more I was sitting here listening to it now, I'm just like, you know, I don't, this song, maybe I'm just not in the right mood. Hmm. Maybe that's like, I got to be in some kind of like depressed, feel sorry for myself kind of mood and sit and like <laughs> crank it down here in the basement while drinking wine and crying in the dark. I don't fucking know, um, but I don't do that, by the way. I swear, man, I don't do that. Uh, it's still a great song. It's just, I don't know. Like once I was comparing it to other stuff and I had to be honest with myself and be like, well, maybe it's technically a better song than this or this or this, but like... I just got to admit, I'm not going to, and I'm not yeah. gravitating toward it like, you know, like I am this other stuff. So it didn't make the cut. Whereas at the beginning, dude, it was like top three, top four. Like it was right up towards the top. And then it just kept, eh, boom, it's off the list. <laughs> so, yeah. But no, Mountains is a really cool, that's a cool song. I did see something where it said Parade was one of the best albums of 86. So, so a lot of people would agree with you. Well, there you go. No, I, there's a lot of stuff on there. I like that uh, Christopher Tracy's Parade, the opening song. I mean, that's just a fun song. It's just a pop song. Yeah. I mean, it's just, I don't, it's, it's funny to listen to in a way. Um, and think about that movie and stuff, but you know, and some of these songs work better within the movie. I mean, some of them, I think, I feel like the record as a record would be stronger if some of it wasn't maybe necessarily written for the movie. Like, you know what I mean? Like, some of the songs work within the context of the movie when you're watching the movie and blah, blah, blah. Yeah. But maybe don't really have an impact on you as much like listening to them. Yeah, because it As is a like record. a soundtrack. You know? Yeah. So. Whereas you know, maybe like, I need to see the movie. Purple Rain. I mean, all those songs were just standout songs. Yeah. It was a shorter record, you know, but each song was pretty damn strong. I mean, weakest link on Purple Rain is probably Computer Blue, but like, it's still a pretty solid song. You know. Yeah. It's my opinion. Maybe there's some hardcore Computer Blue fans out there that are like. Fuck you, man. <laughs> the fuck you mean it's the weakest link? Fucking record wouldn't be shit without Computer Blue. Well, my friend Nick. I got he, pretty mad there for a minute. He listened. Uh, uh, speaking of Purple Rain, like my friend Nick listened, and he uh, he did agree with you, and he he was glad you had Baby as a star on your on your list. I mean, Baby, I'm a star, but I said Baby as a baby star. Baby is a star. Yeah. Well, baby might be a star, like a, too. Yeah. No, you're right, Nick. Yeah. I am right. Mostly all the time. <laughs> and if the rest of you could chime in and start letting my wife know that, my life would be a lot easier. But you're all just staying silent, knowing how right I am and not sticking up for your good old pal Brent. <laughs> That's fine. I'll remember that. So am I on my number six? Is that is that what's going on? Yeah, I had seven at Mountains. Okay. My number six is the title track from 
Sign of the Times. Can you guess what it is? Oh, yeah, it's Sign of the Times. (laughs) (laughs) Dude, I so I love this song so fucking much. And it's funny because I'm not usually somebody that would like gravitate towards an artist writing a song with all these social issues and stuff. You know what I mean? Like that stuff's cute for about five minutes until until it's like not anymore. But there's a certain charm to how raw his delivery is on this stuff. You know, like, I don't know. It's just, it's almost generically delivered, mm-hmm. but it works really well. And it's just such a funky fucking song, dude. Like, it's it's kind of, it's really well produced and raw at the same time. Like, the instruments are kind of stripped back to where you can hear all the individual instrumentation really well. The bass, I just love that little you know like that little like offbeat kind of bass lick is fucking just i don't know like every time i think about this song i just think about that bass you know you know on the like off it doesn't make sense the way i'm doing it now because i'm doing it and it sounds like i'm starting on the one and i'm not and no one knows what the fuck i'm talking about at this point but i I really just, that song is always so fucking cool. Like, I just put it on. It's just cool. It's just got a unique vibe, you know? <clears throat> it's one of those songs where he only made one. He only made one sign of the times. He never really replicated this again. Like, hmm. the song is really unique in that sense. I don't think he ever did another song that was anything like it. He might have tried to get political on other songs, you know? And uh, But he, I mean, just, I don't know. I, I do think that this is one of his most unique songs. Without but without even sounding like he was trying hard to do something different too. Like because it came out so fluid for him and just you know, it was just like a good, honest, artistic movement for him. Mm. I don't know. I have to look back, make sure we're actually recording. Uh we're recording. I mean I hit the button, but <laughs> No, but, uh, you know, it sounds weird, but, you know, Prince is one of those that I feel like there was a lot of moments where he maybe was trying to be too artistic. It's like, you're already artist, just do your thing. Don't think about trying to be artistic and do something that's too poetic, too abstract, you know? And Hmm. in this song, I feel like it was the perfect moment where he was poetic he was abstract but yeah it just fucking works Hmm. like he went against the grain a little bit but it still comes out like this really fucking fluid pop song that just the melodies work the lyrics work and they're memorable i mean he doesn't do anything that ever like you don't ever sit and listen to any of these lyrics and go, oh, fuck, I never thought about that. And have to hit pause and fucking smoke a joint and think really deeply on that last line. Like, I mean, I don't fucking do that with any of this shit anyhow. But I'm just saying, like, there was nothing that prolific in here. There's, you know, there's, there's nothing where he says something and you go, oh, fuck, I never thought about that. Fuck, man, that's really heavy. But. Oh really? It's like all you didn't clever. want to be a dolphin? But it's all <laughs> but it's all clever enough to where you kinda are like Yeah, it sticks with like you remember it, you remember the lyrics, like, you know, they're just clever enough to where they get in your head and you think about, you know, 
Yeah. Just whatever. I'm babbling. I'm sorry. Oh no, it's all right. I guess like you really did sell me on Sign of the Times. Maybe I need to go back cuz I like spoiler alert. I don't have anything from Sign of the Times and you had said that that's your favorite oh, one and instantly I thought like well shit, I was like questioning my whole list. So this whole episode so far I've been like I've been very self-conscious about my picks. We don't have to be self-conscious about it. It's your picks, man. Yeah, man. I don't know. Denny's going to say something, and he's going to make me take back my rock card. But if I say, how many of y'all know about the quake, and you say we do, (laughs) I get to say, bullshit. (laughs) (laughs) Was that well played? I don't know. I feel like like it was a little bit. Thank you. Thank you for the golf clap. (laughs) Uh, I hope the people listening are... Maybe just a little bit impressed with how I worked that in there. I don't know. (laughs) It might just be the alcohol making me think it was clever. It probably wasn't at all. Oh, well. Oh, well, I wasn't that clever because my song number six is actually seven. So I should have put seven at seven. Hmm. But yeah, my um, number six is seven from the Love Symbol album. Well, here's the deal. That's my number five. Oh. So. So you didn't put it at seven either. I didn't either. I didn't even think to put it at seven. That's how fucking sorry ass. (laughs) Well, I just saw it. I'm like, oh, well. I don't know. I don't like mountains more than that, though. But Hmm. seven. Seven's a fucking awesome song. I feel like I just yelled that. Well, it is fucking awesome. It is there fucking awesome. Should have been, you know. peak out the levels now. That's like a weird one that was like, it was a hit for five fucking minutes. Mm. And that's about it, to mm. my recollection. And I don't understand why it's not still a hit now. You know what's weird, though? Maybe I need to remember this for the next episode. I'm not going to go like, off Remember into... Seven being a hit? No. Oh. I just, <laughs> I got something that popped in my head, but you just remind me. When we do the next episode, we're going to talk about a cruise ship. A cruise ship? Yeah. Okay. I'll remember. A I, cruise I, ship. Dude, this just... Right. Fuck, dude. It probably... I probably won't remember this. I'm going to talk about it now. I'll write it. Oh. Okay. I was going to say, I'll write it down. Well, I'm scared that, that you're going to write it down, and then like uh, when we do the next episode, you're going to be like, so tell me about the cruise ship. I'm going to be like, I don't forget. know what the fuck you're talking about. Or here, tell me, and we'll edit it into the next I'll one. tell you the story right now. <laughs> it's really like, it's not that fucking significant, but it applies more to the next episode because it applies to the gold experience. And okay. when I went on a cruise back 2002, 2003... Ish, I don't know, early 2000s. It was really weird because, like, I was, they were playing songs off of the gold experience. And I was just like, like, aside from hearing, like, Pussy Control downtown, because they used to play that, like, I don't know, like SOPs. Oh, really? Like, uh, what was the other place that was always fucking packed down there on Main Street? Fuck, I can't remember. Anyhow, point is, (laughs) <laughs> that was about the only song I ever heard anywhere outside of listening to the CD myself on my own stereo. And then, like, I went on this fucking cruise, and all of a sudden I'm hearing fucking Dolphin, the song Dolphin playing. <laughs> then all of a sudden I'm hearing Most Beautiful Girl in the World. Then I'm hearing the song Gold, and I'm like, what? Wait a fucking minute. Like, why are they play- I mean, I didn't mind, but yeah. 
I was like, where the fuck did this come from? Like, this album's pretty much forgotten. Like, I remember I had to buy it on eBay because it was out of print. And uh, here they're just, like, playing it over the overhead speakers and shit. Like, out your, like out on the deck, you know, whatever, having a drink. And just all of a sudden, Most Beautiful Girl in the World comes on. It's like, huh? You're like, am I in heaven? Did I die on this cruise ship? Yeah. Well... There was other reasons why it seemed like I was in heaven. But so did you find anything out? Did no, I didn't find anything. I mean, uh, I didn't know who. I didn't to know ask. if you tracked down the DJ. Yeah. <laughs> hey, who's playing this shit? <laughs> I want to shake that man's hand. <laughs> yeah. But I, I guess my point was, I mean, like that stuff. I guess you know some of that was a hit at, at a time too. But I, I feel like Seven just. I remember it being a hit when it came out, but then not hearing it for like for fucking ever until I really became like a bigger Prince fan like in my early 20s to where I was diving into all the older shit and buying every fucking record like you know the beginning of my completest days where I had to fucking buy everything and (laughs) you know oh all of a sudden now I have a job and I have a little bit of money and I'm just gonna fucking buy everything I can fucking get my hands on and I, I remember buying the Love Symbol album and thinking like Fuck, I almost forgot this song existed. Like, it fell off the face of the fucking earth for, like, almost a decade or something, you know, (laughs) until I bought that album and listened to it, you know, front to back. So, but that, dude, that's to me, is, like, one of his best singles ever. Like, that chorus just radiates, like, something really special and then the verses are great. It has such a unique sound with like the fucking sitar sounding thing or whatever the fuck's yeah. going on. All the weird laughs. <laughs> like whatever the fuck's going on in there. I don't know what that shit is. It's got like, I wrote down, it's like Mediterranean sound. It's got some weird kind of like, yeah, I don't know. Like you're sitting in like fucking, I don't know, Syria. Aladdin or in, something. In a bunch know. of sand. Yeah. There's just sand surrounding you and. There's seven of you out in the middle yeah. of the desert holding hands and singing the song. A belly dancer dancing in yeah. front of you. Yeah, really. Yeah, I don't know. but <laughs> no. We are uh, in agreement on that one. I love that song. Oh, that was your number five. That was my number five. I didn't even know if we'd actually match because you're like naming off all these. It's getting weird. Yeah, like I'm doing all the hits and you're doing all the... Well, uh, I had cuts. Raspberry Beret. I mean, yeah. that's pretty bad. It's about as basic oh, bastard as you get out of this list. But great song is a great song, man. I'm not going to turn it yeah. down. And and Seven's one that that one, I don't want to give anything. I don't want you to give anything away, but I almost have like another honorable mention from that record mm-hmm. that was on there that I really had a hard time like. had a hard time cutting it from the list, but it was like first draft, it was on there. And actually, I think when I put Loose on there, that was when it officially came off. Dwindled down to my number 10, and then I was like, oh, I got to put this fucking song on here. I do have another one like that I wrote down, not on my list, but one in my head, and I kind of wrote it down from that album that I didn't know. I just looked. I, I can't read shit on your paper, but somehow I looked down and saw it, and I could. it was the one thing I could oh, read. Oh, Morning Papers? Yeah, that was mine. It was on the it fucking was, list. It was, because I was thinking, yeah. like, I want to talk about this. It sounds like other stuff we've talked about, you know, like Gene Simmons being creepy for young girls. <laughs> and the whole verse of that song is like, oh, it's like a schoolboy's dream with a young girl. She's, like, real naive. And I'm like, is this 
he's like apologizing or like justifying like um, being a pervert. Yeah, like being a pervert <laughs> with this song. But if you took out that first verse, this would be an awesome love song. I love the song. I don't care about that first verse. Yeah. I didn't ever think it was creepy. Maybe I just I'm laughed creepy. the first time I heard it because we had talked about Gene yeah. Simmons being creepy with like going blind and stuff. Well, dude, it's funny because that was the song that like I took it off my list and then it ended up in my head for two fucking days. And I'm like, fuck, should I not? Yeah. That was the one I was battling this whole time. Like, should I put it back on my list? Did I fuck yeah. up? Should this be on my list? You know? I just wrote it down because I wanted to talk about it. Because hey, I've just had like the bum, 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 I've had that in my head for two straight days ever since I kicked it off. It's <laughs> like it has a life all its own. It's haunting me. It's like, Brent, why did you kick me off that fucking list, man? I'm a great song. And I'm like, I don't know. I was just in a weird mood. See if it sticks in your head, then that is what makes and it a loose. good song, right? I, just, I was hooked right. on loose, you know? <laughs> well, it cut something else off. Fuck, I can't. I'll tell you right mm. now. I'll tell you right now. Where are we at? Yeah. Um, my, so it'd be like my number four. Or have you? You got to do your five. Yeah. So now I we think got I got to do my five. So I got four to get left. Get back on track. And I'll tell you right now, my top four, hands down, my top four. Like there was no kicking any of these four off my fucking list. I feel the same with my number five, and it's like with these uh, top five. Every time I heard a song. Every time I heard one of these songs, I was like, oh, my God, this is my favorite Prince song. And then I heard the next one. I'm like, oh, my God, this is my new favorite Prince song. This is my favorite Prince song. So, like, all five of these are my favorite Prince songs. All five and we'll watch them for what? (laughs) All right. So you got to do it. You're number five. Title track to Diamonds and Pearls. Yeah. Talking about love songs. I mean, this is a good love song. But like the rest of my stuff, it's a very accessible, mainstream song. The song was a huge hit. I remember oh. it being a, such a huge hit, man. That video played, was played to fucking death on MTV oh, yeah. and VH1. And I think that's why like I don't gravitate towards that song. It's a really great song, but I think maybe that one I just got tired of. Overexposed to where it has like a stigma to me. Like yeah. I don't really want to listen to it anymore. But if I put it like in the rare instance where I put that on, it is like fuck. This is a really great song. Yeah, man. It's you got a Rosie good love Gaines, song. man. She was the shit. Yeah, like, uh, so that was the female singer. Yeah, the bigger, heavy set chick. Yeah. Okay, cause yeah, she's got some good vocals on there. Yeah. No, yeah, she was. That's a good awesome. song. No, I give you props on that one. Man. All right, man. I dude. Even if you're doing nothing but like all the fucking hits. Yeah. Can't fucking argue with it. Okay, this yeah. Good. Yeah, so we're not going to throw it out. <clears throat> I loved all the hits on that fucking record, dude. So. All right, man. Well, I guess seems like a short conversation about that. Is there anything else you want to say? I don't know, man. <laughs> you want to talk I about I think this song speaks for itself. What weren't the chicks names just, uh, that were like the model chicks, his oh, dancers, Diamond and wasn't Pearl. that Diamond and Pearl? Yeah. They were really fucking hot. <laughs> they were like the fucking early version of Carmen Electra or something. Oh, really? I don't know. They were brunettes, and they were really hot. I don't know. I only heard this song for the first time like two months ago. God, really? Yeah. Fuck, that's crazy. I think so, unless I heard it as a kid and I just didn't care. I feel like at one point all VH1 played was this song and (laughs) fucking uh, the Wilson Phillips song. Oh, really? 
hold on for one more day. Oh, the one from Bridesmaids too, yeah. that was in there. I feel like that's all you <laughs> saw the videos for on fucking VH1. <laughs> yeah. Oh, know? yeah, because it was like the adult MTV for like yeah. a long time. Then it became the reality show channel. Yeah. Well, they all did, I guess. Yeah. Well, I guess it's my number four, huh? E? Yeah. Yeah. E? Well, my number four is from uh, Love Sexy. And it is the song Anastasia. Oh. I fucking love this song. I really love this song. It was kind of at a battle for number one. I know you love it because you're but, talking about my hands. Hand. My hands are going crazy. Anybody that can see me, my hands won't stop. Uh, but I fell in love with the song, not even from the Love Sexy album. Because once I bought that on CD, I don't really feel like I gave it enough of a chance because, like I said, you had the had whole... to listen to 40 minutes you had before to listen you got to the whole there. record. <laughs> but when, after Rainbow Children came out and he did that live box set, One Night Alone, I think was the name of it, there's a version, a live version on this. Like, it's like, I think it's the closer. I'd have to go pull the fucking box set out and look at it. I think it is the last song on that album, yeah. But, yeah. But, I mean, it's the closer on the box set, too. Or on oh. the... Oh, okay. Well, the live set, because then there's like the bonus disc and with the extra uh, show and everything, the after party and whatnot. But anyhow, <laughs> that live version is what fucking sold me on it. Like, I just was like, whoa, what the fuck? Like, I've never given this song enough of a chance, mm. apparently. And I fell in love with that back, you know, I mean, you're talking 20 years at this point. I think that came out 2002. I think mm. Rainbow Children was either 2000, 2001, and that was the Rainbow Children tour. And so, um, but yeah, man, I, it's just such an interesting song, you know? It has like, just the piano part is haunting almost. And then it's kind of a ballad in a way, you know? He's kind of doing like this, I don't know, I don't want to say eerie, but it almost has a, for Prince, it has an eerie yeah. tone doesn't sound like typo negative or anything but i mean <laughs> but you know what i mean it's, yeah. but you know but then it kind of then it builds in you know and it just kind of has like this i don't know like prince usually does kind of this sexiness at once it picks up but then it goes into that whole weird like bridge thing where he's like i don't know I don't want to sing it and try to reenact it right now, yeah. but um, something about, you know, I want to learn to love the right way, blah, blah, blah. And then, <laughs> and then he kind of goes into something about God, and then it kicks into, like, the outro where it's like, love is God, God is love or whatever, right? <clears throat> and so this is a time where Prince obviously had these weird moments where he was trying to find God, figure that whole thing out. His whole spiritual spirituality. Oh, that's why, that's why he got rid of the black album. Yeah, it probably was. It was probably I think he I was mean, trying to find God. Well, there was, you know, he eventually became a Jehovah's Witness later on. What? Yeah. Well, we'll get into that later. Oh, all right. that'll that'll you know that'll be. I'll research it more before I start talking shit. But but he did. I mean, he did. He legit was a, uh, yeah, he was a devout Jehovah's Witness. Huh. And man, he's an interesting guy. And he went through this whole thing where he was like changing song lyrics because of it, like in the late '90s, uh, not playing certain songs, and uh, and all that. But 
you know, prior to that, there were always these weird songs where you could tell he was trying to incorporate faith into the songs, but a lot of times it didn't make sense. Because, mm. like, this song is almost kind of weird. Like, it almost just doesn't make sense. Like, he's like, it's a song about a chick, but then somehow it segues into this whole, like, religious experience at the end. Like, God <laughs> is love, love is God, blah, 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 whatever. But <clears throat> I'm not trying to mock the song. I think it's brilliant. I think shit like this that's mm. more eccentric in the sense of being confused about your spiritual beliefs and huh. and all that I think is more interesting than somebody that's just like I love Jesus you know and that's the fucking hook um, I think somebody that's you know struggling to figure all that out and maybe even writing some of the ridiculous shit that Prince did when he was trying to figure that out is more interesting than somebody that thinks they all have it figured out because at the end of the day none of us have any of that fucking shit figured out anyhow yeah. so I've always thought this song was just interesting in that sense, but I also just think it has a really, really interesting tone. It just, it's, it just fucking grabbed me. I mean, and every time I listen to it, I'm like, man, there's just no, there was no taking this off my list. So, so if you've really never given that song a chance and even like now, I mean, like I said, I fell in love with the live version on that box set, but if uh, now I go back and I listen to the Love Sexy version, and I fucking love it, too. I think that the box set version, you know, I'd have to listen to that again. I actually didn't listen to that going through this list. I just kept listening to the fucking Love Sexy version, but, but if my recollection is, you know, serving me correct here, uh, the I would say the live version's maybe a little better. I love that lineup that he had on that recording and it was a little less stiff than maybe how the record sounds but um either way they're both great versions but hmm. that's my story i'm sticking to it all right that's all i gotta say i about feel that. like that was a long-winded explanation of oh, why i could have just yeah. said because i like it maybe Man, i should I'm gonna have. have to i'm gonna have to go back and just rethink my whole list after this or i am right now but my Number four is also from Love Sexy, but it's Alphabet Fuck, Street. Fuck, I knew you were going to say that. Yeah, because I'm like the pop version. I'm like the opposite of your thing. But like, I was going to say know, Sesame song... Street version. But... What? <laughs> I was going to say Sesame Street version. Yeah, like but... the song does have, like, once you listen to the music, it sounds like a kid's show thing. Right. No, like, it's, it's got some... It's but then it gets song. stuck in my head. But then, like, I like that. I like... I like the rap part. It's like, cat, we need you to rap. And then she like raps. But then <laughs> what's so funny is like, so this was the late 80s. But then I feel like in the early 90s, like every kind of song in this genre had like a rap breakdown in the middle of the song. Or even like I was thinking of Michael Jackson, you know, black or white. And right. that's got the rap breakdown. But then I, but then I don't know if it is, but it, Seemed like we talked about Michael Jackson on the last one. So then it was hard to not think about Michael Jackson when I'm listening to some of this stuff. And I don't know if this is way off base, but I was going to throw this at you anyways. So is Michael Jackson's dangerous, his attempt at being Prince, but just like later? I don't know. It's a bold statement. Because he had way less albums than Prince. We know that. Right. He always like, had Dangerous bigger gaps. Dangerous was 91, but it seems like that was his, his, like, his Prince album or something. Just kind of... Hmm. 
I never thought about it. A little it like bit that. later. I don't know. I never thought about it like that. I mean, it might have been. I think they because both... he tries to rap a little bit on that album too, or he's got he's got kind of like all these different genres in one album. On Dangerous, and I like yeah. Dangerous, but I don't love it because there's just so much. Right. Like, there's some stuff I really on love on there, but yeah, yeah. Like I don't. Yeah. I want to love that album like more than I do, but I don't know. Anyways, going back to Alphabet Street, like I don't know, man. It's just something that, it's like an earworm. It gets stuck in your head. I'm going down <laughs> to Alphabet Street. And then it's got that kind of like, and then it sounds like like car horns honking and shit. It's like a, like, it gets stuck in my head like Lady Cab Driver kind of yeah. uh, thing. It's like, I mean, it's a fun tune. Yeah, it's fun, I yeah. guess. I mean, it's one that I would say when I first started listening to Prince and diving into a lot of his yeah. stuff, like it probably, I probably gravitated towards it too, you know. But it's one of those that the more you listen to it, you'll get tired of it. And be uh, like, eh. Well, I don't, I don't see that happening, dude. Because <laughs> then I even watched the video earlier today, and that's even funnier because he's wearing like some kind of green pastel, and he's got yeah, he's got the long hair like I was talking about, like the Paul Stanley like yeah. long hair and like the shirt open, and he's like dancing around, but he's got like bad dance moves but then he does like the splits or something and then he's driving a car it's like a bad green screen it's just so 80s man it's like it's fun times was paul stanley in the video was he like how many of y'all like your ab thief <laughs> that would be awesome paul stanley doing a kid show y'all want some alphabet soup <laughs> or how about some alphabet street <laughs> i'll oh. leave you to the paul stanley because i can't do it I guess the only thing left to do is to start my number three. Yeah, do it. Which is the B-side to Raspberry Beret. Dang. Always in my hair. Always in my hair. Did you check that song out? No. I'm confused. Shit, but I did listen to 17 Days, though, and that might have almost made my list, though, the previous list. I like that one. It's a great song. You need to listen to uh, She's Always in My Hair. It's a... Erotic City was just okay, but 17 Days is good. Erotic City is a certain, I don't know. Maybe you got to be in the mood for yeah. it. Yeah, but yeah, seventeen. It's days. a funky one. I wouldn't say I'd be, I became as big of a Erotic City fan uh, until maybe I was listening for a while. I'm just trying to make you feel like you're a rookie. Yeah, yeah. It's just you got to stick with it for a while before you really develop the palate to appreciate Erotic City. And she's always in my hair. You have to listen anyway. to it for seventeen days straight. Yeah, maybe one of these days when you're actually. You know, drinking, I don't know, Pinot Noir and eating some truffle brie. <laughs> um, you'll learn to appreciate the, f- the finer tasting songs like Erotic City. <laughs> uh, she's always in my hair. It's for, I mean, it's been one of my favorite songs for so long. I, when I bought the hits and B sides thing, that was like one of the first things on the B sides that was like, fuck, that's such a cool song. Like, why is mm. this a B side? Why was this not on the record? Like, it's better than any fucking song on Around the World in a Day. Mm. <laughs> um, and there's cool stuff on there. There's a lot of cool stuff on there that didn't even make my list. But uh, to me, it just makes me laugh. <laughs> like, <laughs> did he just intentionally leave shit off there to be like the 
strange artist that you know no one could figure out why he's leaving off his best stuff because i feel like that's the way with a lot of his b-sides you're like fuck how did this make the record this is better than that this is better than that you know but maybe it it was better, but the sequencing. He's like, well, if I put that first, then the rest of the record is going to be dog shit. It might have been. Might have <laughs> been. I don't know. But, hey, that's my number mm. three. I wholeheartedly believe that's one of his best songs ever. Mm. Ever. All right. So I guess we're on to your number three. My number three. Well, I think this is one of his best songs ever. So, boom, in your face. It's cream. Oh, Kareem, Kareem. Yeah, like, is it that's cream or Kareem? Kareem, Kareem, Abdul Jabbar. <laughs> oh, well, there was something too. I was listening to this song, and I'm like, "Fuck, that's some cool slide guitar." And I was like, "I think I was getting ready for work in the morning." I'm like, "What was that Bonnie Raitt song?" Like, give him something to talk oh, about. Jesus. So then I was like, it's "Wait, the same fucking song." Wait. And then yeah. And then I text my girlfriend Kelly, and I'm like, I think I was like, does this sound like this song? And I text her both songs, and then I was looking at it on Wikipedia, and he actually like went to Bonnie uh, to learn how to play slide guitar. But then something like he's like, uh, like well, fuck it, I'll just I'll just sample her instead. Hmm. And so that's actually her on that song, but it does kind of add like a cool flavor to it. And speaking of stuff, I being love hits, that song. I'm what? not even gonna lie, that's a huge hit. Why is this song not on the radio? Like, you know, you turn on the radio and you hear fucking, like, Journey, like, Don't Stop Believing. Why don't you hear fucking Cream? Kareem. Kareem. <laughs> Abdul-Jabbar. I feel like now we gotta, re- I, we gotta do, like, a cover of that and change the lyrics. That'd be awesome. Man, I'm gonna do it. I feel like I struck yeah. something brilliant here. I gotta do it before somebody copies me. Yeah. Don't fucking do it, Denny. You I will know you're gonna steal this idea. Cream. I know you're listening. You're gonna steal it. <laughs> Fucking leave my gold mine alone. <laughs> so, no, I'm with you, dude. I love that song. Yeah. You know, I always that's one that's always fun to cover. Like I like doing that one just because it's like just your fucking basic little twelve bar blues. You know, it's yeah, you know, like fun fuck, stuff, why, man. Why is this song not like yeah, like out there? I don't know. I mean, it's out there. <clears throat> yeah, like maybe, maybe because it's too dirty. Ooh, it's dirty. It is dirty. But What's see, it about? I think, I think Explain people. It. <laughs> it's it's not dirty. It's a motivational song, yeah. dude. You're the fucking cream of the crop. Yeah. So don't stop. Shaboogie bop. Yeah. Yeah, man, you're just crushing your goals. Well said. You're the best. Because everything you do is success. See. It's not fucking dirty. You just think it's dirty because Prince has other dirty songs, but this is not a dirty song. Because maybe the video had, you know, a group of really hot smoking girls just grinding their buttholes uh, on every corner and well, I didn't stripper see the pole video, and but... him and no. <laughs> well, it was but... it was the two really hot brunettes, Diamond and Pearl, were oh, yeah. strutting around, just fucking. Scratching their buttholes on everything. Well, then you ruined my point. Then I was trying to say it's not dirty, but I guess it is. I don't know why I'm insisting on talking about their buttholes, but <laughs> all right, man. My number two. He wrote this, I believe, right after Purple Rain ish. Maybe I might be wrong. I might be confusing two facts in my head here. 
dates. I'm not good at them the older yeah, I get. Yeah. 86, maybe he wrote this song. I don't know. Huh. Anyhow, <clears throat> for another person, for another artist. We ended up giving it to another artist, I should say. And so this is one that I that did make my list off mm. that whole originals thing that I was babbling about before because technically he wrote it in this era and it came out in this era, released originally by Sinead O'Connor. Oh. Nothing compares to you. Oh. Man, I didn't know. I thought that was off limits. I mean, it's a Prince song. He's got his own version of it. All right. There's his own version of it out there. And in fact, his own version, the live version that came out on the hits thing, came out during this era. Oh, really? Oh. I mean, I prefer the version that just. I like the Chris Cornell version, too. Yeah. You would. No. (laughs) Yeah, because I like all the hits. No, Mm. I. I've heard that. It's cool. I don't, you know. I like that they finally released, like, the original version he recorded. Yeah. You know, before giving it to Sinead O'Connor and stuff. Like, they put that out fairly recently. Well, on that Originals thing, it's on there. And then there was, like, the 45 you could buy, which was really badass. I liked having that on vinyl. But, hmm. but yeah, dude, I mean, I love the Sinead O'Connor version. I really love his version. I There really isn't a version I don't like, you know. Yeah. But it's I think I think it's just truly one of his best songs he's ever written, mm-hmm. you know. So I don't think there's much really to say about it, other than that the saxophone solo in the this version of his is fucking awesome. Hmm. So you know maybe there's that to say about it. It yeah. move it moves me. <laughs> so yeah, and that could have been my number one. But so not everything is like sexy prince. It's also not everything sexy prince. Sometimes you know, prince. that's just a well-written song, man. That's a fucking hook that. I mean, honestly, now that I'm sitting here talking about it and thinking about it, I'm like, I don't. Why the that should have been my number one, but mm. that's okay. Yeah, it doesn't really matter. My sequencing yeah. on this, I don't put that much time and thought into what's better than what, other than just getting the ten compiled, and then after that, it's like. I don't know. I feel like my top five is usually my top five, but any day of the week they could alternate from one to the other. You know what I mean? So, yeah, I guess I give it too much thought. We're the opposite. You're just like, yeah, fuck ten, it. ten. And I'm like, this is like one, this is two, and I tinker with it. All shit. ten, and we'll watch them fall. I'll drink this fucking beer. That is all. Dang. I feel like I need some like chimes or percussion for that. You could just laugh. You could just do the. <laughs> <laughs> Where are we at here? Uh, so your number two is nothing compares to you. So my number two, this one is so close to being my number one. I even told you I was gonna, even text you today. I'm like, I think I'm gonna change my number one, but I didn't. I left that number two, but it's from Graffiti Bridge, and it's. Thieves in the temple. There are thieves in the temple too. I knew that was going to be on your list because you texted me and, something about it the other yeah. day. And, and it's got like, some Whoa. harmonica. It's like, Meow. yeah, dude. I don't know. It's got some squealing or something in there. I mean, there's not much I really dig on that album. I think I already mentioned that. Yeah, like, thieves in the temple. I dig that song. Okay, but I thought you were going to say that, that was trash, too. Like certain days album. certain days of the week, I like it better than others, blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. Like, my two songs from that record, I don't know what your number one is, so hopefully I don't fucking ruin it. Oh, 
Well, I think you know what it is. I don't. Is, oh, is it oh. from Graffiti Bridge? No. Oh, no. well, okay. So I also really love The Question of You, I think is probably the best song oh, okay. from that record. You know, it's just got that real, like, sexy kind of... <laughs> <laughs> and I like, like, the fucking drum thing, and then the, the guitar solo is fucking awesome. Actually, dude, I've seen, like, the problem I have with that song and why I probably didn't make my list was because, like, every live version I've ever seen or heard of that song, Question of You, not to get confused with the song that you picked that we're supposed to be talking about, but I'm going on this whole other tangent. Mm. But my problem with that song is like all the live versions have always been cooler. I think like I always hear like a live version and think like thieves in the temple. No question of you. Oh, okay. I don't know. I'm trying to think if I've heard a, I've probably heard a live version of thieves in the temple. I think that would be cool, but it almost seems like there's a lot of studio stuff. A lot of stuff going on in that. Yeah. 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 Love come quick. <laughs> Love come in a hurry. Yeah, nah, that's a cool Dude, song, It's got man. a lot of cool shit in there. But then at the same time, it seems too, we're talking about Prince being, he's really sexy or there's quirky lyrics or something or there's love songs. This one, he seems like he's rejected and he's hurting. He's hurting. <laughs> Love come quick. I need rescue. Oh, my God. No, I'm just laughing. Oh, sorry. I was just pulling my list back up. I wasn't ignoring you and like laughing at something on my phone. I'm done with this. I'm laughing at this meme. I'm laughing at this thing on TikTok. This meme is way cooler. This TikTok. I don't have TikTok. (laughs) Do I strike you as a TikTok kind of guy? I don't know. I was trying to be funny. Maybe a TikTok kind of guy. (laughs) TikTok. So. Oh, man. All right. So what's your number one? Oh, Jesus. Fine. Let's do it. My number one, and I've really just this song. Um, here, like, let me guess, what album is it from? It's from Sign of the Times. Oh, okay. Well, I don't know. Oh, oh, wait. I think I know what it is. You got the look. Is it that? No, it's not. Oh, that. okay, good. I love that song, and I had a hard time not having that be on my list. But I could never take the place of your man. Oh, oh, okay. I love that song. That's one of my favorite ones. That like when I would play you know acoustic and cover that song i always love that one i always love the lyrics and it's just i don't know i just feel a connection to it like maybe i wrote it you know uh no i great song it's kind of like the pop rock song on the record like you don't really get that many songs with him where it's more rock and then has like a fucking guitar solo like he can really play the fucking guitar. We all know that. This is no secret at this point. But he doesn't really cut loose and do it on these records that much. And it's got that really cool outro solo. Um, and I just, yeah. And it's really just a great pop song that's really underappreciated. Like, it's not a hit, you know. And it's another one of those where some of the some of the runs in there, like the vocal runs are... Uh, just really well put together. I mean, the lyrics and the way the melodies work are, I don't know, I, I'm blanking out because I, I don't really want to sing it or anything, oh, okay. but um, there's. I think it's like the second verse where it's like, uh, oh, geez. Fuck it, I'm not going to do it. I'm, 
I'm drawing a blank because I, I try to think and I know the microphone's on and then I know I'm going to sound stupid, so I can't do it anymore. But the <laughs> <laughs> thing is, is if I went and grabbed my guitar and just started singing the fucking song, it would all come out. But um, I think there's some stuff in there where, like, when I hear it as a songwriter that I think, like, man, that's really cool how he crammed that many words into this fucking small section of a song but it sounds so fucking fluid. Like it just, it doesn't sound like it's forced. Hmm. It doesn't sound like he had to reconstruct the song to make this many words fit. Like most people would just find a way to take words out or whatever. And with that, I, there's just parts in there that's really, huh. you know, huh. I, well, that's pretty interesting <clears throat> way to yeah. look at it. Yeah, I guess. I don't know yeah. if it's that interesting. <laughs> but you're looking at it. More I feel like songwriters, I, right. Uh, a thing. Yeah. Perspective. Well, I guess, too. like, yeah. I guess if you write songs and you listen to other artists and you you can't help it but to find certain things that you admire and think, yeah. like, oh, fuck, man, that'd be, you know, how did he do that? Like, how did he write that and cram all that in there and yeah. make it sound like he didn't cram it all in there hmm. and, like, it's just supposed to be there kind of thing? I mean, it's just those subtle things that make him fucking prince like that's why people say he's a genius like you know because he is he just i don't know that's a, that's a really great song i've loved that song for a long time and uh you know just takes me back takes me back to my childhood when uh <laughs> god damn it's only like my third beer I'm starting to feel like it's my 14th <laughs> yeah. like I'm getting a little goofy a little prematurely here but uh. so Andy I gotta know what's your number one alright um, I don't know how to introduce it but I'll just go thunder all through the night I knew that was gonna be your number one See, I see. I told you you knew my number one because after we recorded the last Prince episode we walked up the, I know up you were talking about you know what's funny though thunder. is I didn't think about it until oh. just now but leading up to this, I listened to that song the other day, and I go, fuck, this is going to be Andy's number one. Dude, it is, and here's 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 why. The song is fucking cool, but then at the same time, I'm not trying to bash bands like Rush or Dream Theater or any prog bands, but it feels like this is some fucking epic, badass song that I even had to write this down so I wouldn't stutter. Prince did it in four minutes. What sometimes it takes prog bands to do in 15. I had to write that down so I wouldn't stutter. I didn't stutter. But see, he, he didn't, like folks. condensed all this epic shit into like one fucking song and didn't have to like, you know, carry it out. He's got like the... <laughs> I don't know. I don't know what he's got going on there. Like some sitar. I said Middle Eastern stuff. And it's like super synthy. Dude, this song like it gave me fucking goosebumps when I heard it. The Was first it a synth tar? I don't something. <laughs> I don't know what he's got in his studio. He's got tons of shit, but I don't know, man. Well, he don't have anything anymore. It sounded he... like crashing thunder, I guess, or something. Thunder. I get it, man. Dude, the song just yeah made the hair on the back of my neck stand up. I'll so like... it had to be number one. Well, that's honest. That's an honest uh, yeah. answer, you know. Yeah. I like right. that song too. I want to go crank it now. Yeah. 
Fuck yeah, let's do it. Even though I got to crank you loose. Yeah. Because I told you at the beginning of this episode. Oh, yeah. I was like, right, I got to play this song for you. All right. I'm mad that you don't know it. And the She's In My Hair. Oh, yeah. You don't know that yeah. song? You don't know that well, song? Well, I didn't go that far mm-hmm. into the B-sides. Well, there was nine albums of stuff to digest. We'll go sit, have a couple more beers in my right. garage, and we'll, you know, listen right. to these songs. I'm excited now. Now I got an excuse to go sit in my garage, light up a cigar. Yeah. Take my pants off, sit in a lawn chair. I'm not really going to take my pants off. That's weird, but I don't know why that was a thing to say. I'm sorry. I feel like it you sounds got like re- a Prince thing. I feel like you got really uncomfortable. I'm going to wear I'm going to wear a Speedo and a trench coat. Just all in the name of Prince. A little tribute, sitting on the garage. Um, oh, man. But, well, dude, dude, this, like, I'm so glad, though, that – Sure, like, we didn't really match up, but I'm glad we didn't match up because, like I said, you've lived with these songs for at least, like, 20-some years. I've only lived with the songs for basically just the summer, just for a fucking season. Right. And there's so it much cool shit in there. Yeah, it wouldn't be as interesting of an episode, I think, if we lined up on everything. I mean, yeah, you know, there's more to talk about when we don't line up on everything because we get to talk about more songs. Yeah. So, yeah, and, really. you know, there was nothing on your list I hated, I don't think, right? I don't know. Maybe that... It wasn't uh, that long of an episode, but I don't remember getting mad at you. Like, maybe um, Glam Slam. That's kind of... It's 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 kind of uh, dumb. I mean... It's, it's dumb. It's all right. It's dumb, but it's not really offensive. I don't hate dumb. that song. There's songs yeah. you could... I mean, I honestly was hoping you would put, like, My Name is Prince on there. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> My name is Prince. It's all right, but it's kind of just something I'm like, oh, my God. Like, every song is either, like, he's like, I'm Prince or something. Like, I don't some of those, some of those ones in the early 90s, he's like, I don't know. They're like rap songs. It was like, yeah, I'm Prince. I don't know. It, it's there just, was some awkward. Some yeah. of that shit was awkward. Some of the rap stuff just. Yeah. I don't know. said it eight times already, but awkward. You know, it just doesn't quite feel right, but what can you do? Well, the good news is we got a whole other era to tackle. Yeah. Oh, man. Well, we got two more eras to tackle, basically, I think. Oh, yeah, we do. Because we, we were going to do the symbol. We were going to do the symbol. We were going to do the symbol era. And then and then you said everything basically from the 2000s on. Yeah. So we were going to do a symbol. And then when he changed his name back to Prince, when he did the Rainbow Children and on. Sure. This is a spoiler, but it's going to be a while till we get there. But I dig that Musicology album. Oh, yeah. It's fucking good. It's a cool album. Yeah, because you said that that's where you saw him on tour yeah. like twice. And I'm like, shit, that well, probably no, would be Well, no, I saw tour. him once on that tour. Oh, okay. I saw him later. 2000. Maybe we just talked about 12? it. Oh, wait, that's what you said because he did like three nights, right, on the Musicology tour. And you did one of the nights. That was the later tour. Oh, that was shit. the one in Chicago. Man, yeah. now I'm mixing up all these yeah, stories. That's all right. We'll get it right when we get there. Yeah, but it, it sounded like either way, that'd be cool a tour to see him on. The Musicology it, tour was fucking awesome yeah. because, in my opinion, that's still, I think, his best lineup he's ever had. Yeah. John Blackwell on the drums, uh, uh, Rhonda Smith on bass. Yeah, cause oh, she's, she's fucking I saw her bad. With, she's with uh, Jeff Beck yeah, now. Yeah, Jeff Beck, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, she's awesome, man. And I think that, like, I had a whole new appreciation seeing live performances of Sign of the Times mm. 
with her on the bass because the way she played that bass lick, oh, she yeah. filled it out even more. And uh, I think that that's maybe where that song became, you know, a much bigger favorite of mine to oh, where yeah. it made this list you now. you have that memory of that, so that's what right. you go with. Yeah, and so yeah. now when I crank it, it's like I think of that. Like, I almost think maybe I hear more bass than what's even there, you know, but yeah. really, I guess I should have brought this story up when we were talking about that song, but whatever. <laughs> uh, it's all relevant. It's yeah. still in the same episode. We're good. So, We're good. Yeah. Well, hey, man, it's been fun. Yeah, Until dude. next time, thanks to everybody that listened to, you know, our conversation, me bam, babbling. leading up to episode 99. Yeah. Right? What are we going to do for 100? I think we've already spoiled that one. We'll see you at the... We'll see you at the Motorhead. Yeah. <laughs> yeah.